Today is September 23rd, 2022, but September 23rd, 1857 was the first day. It was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday, but it was the first day of the noonday businessmen, layman's prayer meeting there on Fulton Street in New York City. So it's a day, a date to be remembered 165 years ago today. And from that famous prayer meeting, those prayer meetings, came the Third Great Awakening as we know it today. Started in New York, started there in that, in that humble room, but it spread, and it quickly spread. In fact, it spread over a matter of weeks and months throughout New York City, but then throughout America, and then throughout the world. And we read of other revivals that took place, other notable and famous revivals that took place that can trace their roots back to Fulton Street prayer meeting. Um, there were a lot of dynamics in place at that time. There was a great burden that this man, Jeremiah Lamphere, had. He had a great burden. He was tasked with reaching the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and it was a great task. It was an impossible task. I mean, New York City is much bigger today, obviously, than it was then, but it was still a very, a very significant large city with lots of immigrants, lots of people, lots of industry, lots of busyness, lots of money, lots of businessmen, lots of opportunity. And so this man was tasked by his church to be a missionary to these people. And you should read his story. This is the reason why we printed this book, Case for United Prayer, is so that we have it in our hands. And it tells the story of what happened and how it all began. But there was a great need, is the point. And this man, he knew that he could do many things. He could hand out tracts. He can talk to people every day, and he did. But as you and I both know, it felt like a drop in the bucket to him and to us. A lot of our, a lot of our efforts feel like, what is this among so many? We can say that, uh, like the disciples, about the few loaves and fishes that they had. What, are, what is this among so many? And so that's the way this man, Jeremiah Lamphere, felt as he went out day by day, feeling the feebleness of his efforts, and he was asking the question, is there nothing more that can be done? And that's a question that I would like for all of us to be asking. Let's never get into the place, even with a prayer meeting like this, where we're just stuck in a rut, in autopilot, where we're just mindlessly doing the same things over and over again without any thought 
without any, if I can say it this way, it sounds very human-centered, but I don't mean it to be, but without any strategy, without any, is there anything more that we can do? Because that's how this man was thinking. He went out every day, and he did those humble things, but he says, he thought to himself, to reach the perishing thousands, he needed a thousand lives. That's the way we feel too, is it not? Could not something more effectual be done? He was asking the question, just asking the question. Is there anything more effective that he can do to reach more people? And again, I want to learn from the musings of this man 165 years ago and, and have us be jostled out of our, our ruts, if we're in a rut, and ask the question, what wilt thou have me to do? And if I had to put a, a Bible reference on this little meditation, it would be that. And uh, that question, what wilt thou have me to do? That's the question that Saul of Tarsus asked um, the Lord. What wilt thou have me to do? Acts chapter 9, verse 6 is where we find that. He was saved, and immediately, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Well, you see that in this man's journal as well. Jeremiah Lamphere. As he goes out day by day, as he does what he can day by day, this man is on his knees, and he's asking the Lord, as I would like for us to be asking the Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Is this, is this what you want me to do, Lord? Or is there something else you want me to do? Something in addition that you want me to do? Always be willing to ask that question. So he's pleading with God to show him two things. What to do and how to do it. What wilt thou have me to do? And what does it look like? How do you want me to do this? What wilt thou have me to do? Um, we all have our spheres of, of ministry, of our lives, of our influence. Um, and, and they all look different. Oh, there's a great danger of comparing ourselves to one another and thinking, if I'm not doing that, then it's not effective or it's some way in some way it's less it's um it's substandard i'm not preaching the gospel on sundays or i'm not on the streets or i'm not running a a ministry and therefore there's there's something less about that. I'm, quote-unquote, just a housewife. You've heard that so many times. That is the greatest lie, I think, and deception that's been foisted upon good and godly women in probably most generations, this generation, of course, just a housewife. No, that, that is a sacred calling. It's a calling and it's, it is not to be minimized at all. But my point is simply that it all looks different. 
we all have different spheres, but let's not stop asking the question, what wilt thou have me to do? And so, as he writes in his journal, going my rounds in the performance of my duty one day, so he was doing what he was supposed to do, as I was walking along the streets of New York City, the idea was suggested to my mind, suggested by who, I wonder, that an hour of prayer from 12 to 1 o'clock would be beneficial to businessmen who usually in great numbers take that hour for rest and refreshment. None should be required to stay the whole hour. All should come and go as their engagements allow or require. And so as this man was walking around New York City doing his duty, and uh, you know, Rick and I and many of you have been to New York many many times and we can just we can just see ourselves or see him walking around that city seeing face after face after face after face block after block teeming multitudes an idea was suggested to his mind it started with an idea and he took a step of faith you know, friends, the, uh, the biggest obstacle that we have in our lives, I feel, practically speaking, is fear. Fear, fear of failure, really, and unbelief. We're unwilling to take steps because we're afraid. We're afraid that it'll fail. Something won't work. Uh, we'll be embarrassed. I don't know. Usually pride is underlying it all, but... This man did not have such a fear. It was an idea. It was just an idea. He didn't know if, if it would work. But he thought, we should try this. Arrangements were made, and at 12 o'clock noon on that Wednesday, 23rd of September, 1857, the door of the third story room was thrown open. Welcome, teeming multitudes. That door was thrown open. You can just see him sitting there, waiting, excited. Um, you know, a child uh, throwing a birthday party and just waiting for all his friends to come. And nobody's coming. And he's sitting there. He's sitting there by himself. And he's just praying by himself. A whole half hour goes by. And now it says that arrangements were made. Arrangements were, were made. I've read in other accounts that he actually went around and canvassed the city with flyers and, and um, things to hand out. Brian, uh, when he was here, he actually gave me um, a copy of one of the things that he's been handing out to people. It's a, it's a very simple card, and he wants my help in making it nicer. So we'll, uh, we'll work on that. But it says Daily United Prayer. It gives the time. It gives the Zoom code and the URL and all that, uh, and a little, a little thing on the back. And he hands this out to people to invite them to the prayer meeting. But uh, Jeremiah Lamphere did the same thing. Arrangements were made. It's a, it's a one little phrase that's throwaway phrase, but... Weeks and weeks of preparation and 
canvassing and advertising and talking and spreading the word. And then the doors were thrown open and nobody showed up. Can you imagine? I mean, if it was me, not Rick, because a Rick is a half glass, half full kind of guy. And uh, it wouldn't be him. But with me, I would have been thinking my heart would have sunk. I don't think Jeremiah Lamphere was a glass half empty kind of a person. He was praying by himself, and then someone else came a half hour later, and then another, and by the end of the hour, six people made up the company. He said, it was a great meeting. The Lord was with us. Ah, for that kind of optimism. For that kind of just optimism. You know, some of the greatest men that we've known in our lives, just humanly speaking, I mean, I'm thinking of Dr. Paisley, he was an eternal optimist. There was not a discouraging day in his life. He was such an optimist, and you loved being around him as a result. Should be instructive for us all. But that was the first day, and the rest is history. They met every week, and uh, so it went until it became such where they decided to meet every day. And so they did. And really, friends, that's the reason why we're doing what we're doing. As far as the format goes, it's not because we're just trying to copy them. It's just the format. The format seemed to be a good format. Meet at 12 noon, of course, Eastern Time. And um, for an hour, people come and go as they have to. And I just want us to remember what God did through such humble attempts. And for that one investment that Jeremiah Lamphere made in the step of faith that he made, look at the reaping of the harvest. Isn't that amazing? That small investment. Look at the harvest. What wilt thou have me to do, Lord? I believe it starts with prayer. Whatever else we're doing for the Lord, it cannot be divorced from prayer. So this is where it starts, but this is not where it ends. Definitely, though, it starts with prayer. I was reading the life of, came across the life of praying Hyde in India. And uh, it just struck me again. I guess I heard it before, but it struck me at one point in his ministry, he started a daily prayer meeting. And he, you know what he called it? He called it United Prayer. I was like, wow, look at that. I had no idea. He called it United Prayer. Praying Hyde. They met for half an hour every day. But um, and look at the reward. Friends, I, I am a glass, glass half empty kind of a person. And I'm praying that the Lord will not, will, will reverse that. And I, I, I pray that we will have an optimism. Now, I know that the promises of God are sure and that the Lord will build His church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I know that the, the end story is victory. But I want to see it in my day. I want to see it for my children. I want to see it for this generation. I want God to fill me to the uttermost as Dr. Paisley always liked to pray, 
I take the blessed power of Pentecost. Fill me to the uttermost. Thank God he undertakes for me. And uh, I pray that for myself, and I pray that we will ask the Lord the question. The takeaway here is, ask the Lord the question, what wilt thou have me to do? Don't assume that the course that you're on, everything that you're doing, and that's it, and that until the end. Always, every day, ask the Lord the question, what wilt thou have me to do? Have a sensitivity to hear his voice. And may the Lord multiply these few loaves and fishes in our day as well. Amen.